Welcome to KC Corner, episode 70. Just a day late. Day, day and a half late. late. You know what? Uh, in today's day and age, a day late, not bad. No, not terrible. Not terrible. Exactly. We, were, we were both traveling. Where, where were you this week? You know, I uh, had the privilege of going with Katie. Uh, we actually went uh, for a couple of days of, uh, I guess you would call it kind of like a marriage retreat, uh, counseling kind mm-hmm. of thing, and, and uh, went up in Lake County uh, to a place that... Uh, pastors can go and it was it was fantastic so you had a bunch of fun then yeah a lot of, bunch of fun and a lot of it if it's fun a lot of it is just kind of like okay uh you know help us see things that we don't see and help us process through some pain and some some struggle so it's not all like woohoo you know but it's <laughs> not uh, fun and games uh, but at the same time it's like oh man it's just awesome when God points some things out and the gospel is powerful enough for you to take those things and say man I, I gotta change this or do this a different way because of the effects it has on others and the way I miss Jesus and so it was good. It was hard work and so it, it, the beautiful setting. Um, but how about you? I mean, you were you were up in Tallahassee, up in Tallahassee, helping out the FSU softball team for work. So it was, that, it was a good time up there. And you said it was a little bit warm up there. A little bit warm, then it cooled down yesterday. It was only like eighty, low eighty. So nice. one nice. one extremely hot today, one mild day. You know, I like Tallahassee. There's a little bit of hills. There's yes. more pines. A mm-hmm. uh, little, little country too. And we were staying country. right in the downtown area, so just, okay. we just walked and got some Cajun food last or two nights ago. Watched our lightning Very win. Very cool. Oh, that was a big win. <laughs> You know, it's sometimes you forget. I really think of Tallahassee more of Florida State than I do our state capital. Yes, definitely. I always forget it's the state capital. It's like, oh yeah, there's a, there's like a, that's a lot of things happen. So, DeSantis, who's like a hero. we were hoping to run into him. We didn't see him. You though. didn't see him. Didn't you, see him. You would have high fived him. Yes, absolutely. Asked for a picture for sure. Uh, I'm no full fanboy. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> um, and how about uh, you know those lightning? Oh, thank God we won game two, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. It was a it was a fun one for but, sure. And I know that there's like this adage in sports that you and I know very well. You don't want to talk about things because you don't want to jinx them. You know, mm-hmm. now theologically we throw that out because God is sovereign over all <laughs> things. But there's a, a statistic that I want to share, and uh, I'm going to share boldly believing in the sovereignty of God that mm-hmm. the Lightning are 11 and 0, I believe, over the last two years. When they've lost a game in the playoffs, they win the next game. And mm-hmm. that's just, I was nervous. I mean, after we dropped game one, like, uh-oh, are we in trouble? And uh, weak, weak hands, weak fan. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I care too much. I, I think that there's something that I could examine in my heart is like, right before puck drop, my heart is racing. I'm like, oh, no. Why Thunderstruck is playing. <laughs> exactly. Oh, golly. Lord We're crazy. Me. We're so we crazy. We are. But now, you are back a day and a half late, but that's all right. We're back. Back in the saddle. For those of you who are patiently waiting, thank you very much. We're here. (laughs) So, diving into last week's sermon, continuing on with the, for the, for the flourishing of the household of God, part two. And what I meant to say, and the part two is, is, if we're going to talk about the church and, and the church flourishing, you got to have something called sound doctrine. You have to have the beliefs, the teaching core, the teachers have got to be able to build a foundation. Uh, that you that glorifies God and that advances the kingdom and how important it is. And the first thing that Paul's going to address with Timothy is, hey, there's some bad teachers and they're pe- teaching bad stuff. And maybe the stuff they were teaching is different than the stuff that w- bad teachers teach now. But the church has always been filled with bad teachers and bad teaching. And we got to make sure that King's Chapel, that we avoid that like the plague, that we are going to have... Uh, biblical teaching for the glory of God. And so when I when I examine 1 Timothy more and more, I think what's emerging is, 
hey, we want that for the flourishing of the household of God is really for the household of God to, to be properly run, we need sound doctrine. But there's not just for the church to be properly run. The church is there for the world to be thoroughly one. W-O-N, you know, mm -hmm. and, and O-N-E, I guess. And so, hey, so we're going to need to have this foundation of soundness of doctrine for the church to be properly run. It's not just my ideas. It's not, what do you think, Brooks? What do you think, Board? What do you think? Hey, what does God's word say? What we need to have? What Who our teachers need to be? What they need to teach? Um, how do we treat young people, old people? How do, you know, what, what roles do men and women play? All those things to be properly run according to the word of God. And then, but I love this fact that really hit me last week is for the world to be thoroughly one. I mean, it's not just a holy huddle, is that we have to have good theology, sound doctrine. We always gotta have be on mission. Um, and it seems like bad teaching and not having the right foundation, you're knocked off of mission. You're knocked off, the church isn't gonna run properly, and you're gonna lose focus on what we're here for. And that's the glory of our great God and the good of our neighbor. Yeah, and I like what you said about some teachers kind of having just vain discussions and not focusing just on gospel growth. It's like when you're watching guys on TV playing golf, hitting cuts and fades and all these awesome shots, like we need to work on getting the ball off the ground first. Exactly. And that before we can do all these crazy shots, but just kind of starting side conversations and side arguments that aren't part of the core belief system. Well, you know, you kind of got me stuck with being able to hit a fade and, <laughs> and, 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 a, and a draw when you mean to, you know, and not just a hook and a, and a slice. Yeah. But, um, but, you know, again, it's, it's interesting because uh, you're right. You know, what is hitting it down the middle for the church look like? What is keeping the majors the majors? And we always have a tendency to slide to like, when is Christ going to return? And, and, and really arguments about end times. And it seems like oftentimes in Christianity, the focus is more trying to convince other Christians that our perspective is better than theirs. And instead it is, instead of winning the world, that it's more important that, hey, does everybody, is everybody reformed? Or does everybody believe this? Uh, let's get those people who believe this about a secondary issue. Um, and let's argue about that. And as soon as the enemy can get us arguing about that, as soon as we take secondary issues and we make them primary issues, we miss focus, you know, and the, and the focus is to be able to, to keep the ball in play, keep the gospel clear, uh, and, and play offense mm -hmm. and, and, and not just build the church. So real important. Everything's for the glory of our great God. Yes, it is. With that. <laughs> and the good of our neighbor. And it's not all about Jeff, darn it. I, sometimes I want it to be, but that's, <laughs> or Brooks. that's good. Exactly, exactly. So moving yeah. on to this week for part three of the sermon series. You know, part three is where right here, Paul's going to get really personal and he's going to have what he calls a trustworthy saying. And Paul is going to use in the pastoral epistles, these different, past, uh, what he calls, this is a trustworthy saying that deserves full attention. It's kind of like, hey, by the way, let me just shine a bright light on scripture like this. This is really trustworthy. And you want to think, is the rest of it not trustworthy? <laughs> of course it is. And does the rest of it not need full acceptance? Of course it does. But this is something that, like, hey, don't miss this. And what he says is, is that Christ Jesus came to save sinners, of which I am the chief. Uh, I'm the biggest. And, uh, and you want to say, well, how in the world did you ever see that you're the chief of sinners, Paul? We know at one time your life was scandalously bad, but once you came to Christ, it seemed to be amazingly pure and good. Um, 
But I, I'm convinced, Brooks, being 55 and a Christian for 51 years or something like that, that the closer you get to Jesus, the more you understand the gospel, the more dirt you see, the more you understand and appreciate grace, and the more you can't believe that God loves a wretch like me, the more you sing amazing grace with passion because you realize, oh my goodness, I am so broken. And I, I think that there's a wonderful parallel between gospel growth and gospel repentance of where you're like, man, I am a chief of sinners. And I, I don't know, it feels like if I'm not repenting, if I'm not realizing that, I'm probably not growing. And, and really what I hope to say this week is, it talks about the grace of our Lord and Savior overflowing with faith and love, that he would love Paul. But there's a second thing he says, not only do you save sinners, that's what he came, but he also wants to use to display sinners as trophies of grace. So there's two sides of this coin that, hey, he came to save sinners. Do you know you're a sinner? But do you know that his goal is that to use sinners like us, that, that through our brokenness, through our humanness, the beauty of grace and the gospel shines forth. And I, I feel like that's something that we really have to understand. One is, uh, do you do you know your depravity? Do you know that you know we are the chief of sinners, so to speak? And God's grace is amazing. But do you know that God wants to use you? You know, uh, not just for baseball cloud, not just for whatever. God wants to use you and me, Brooks, for the world to see Him. And I think we forget that oftentimes. You know, mm -hmm. it's, we we make it so much about us or or we make our our christianity so personal that of personal growth and personal thoughts but you know he he wants he's created this world we're like trophies in his trophy case that point to his glory i could use brooks robinson i could use jeff jakes to do these things because i save sinners and i rescue them so mm -hmm. that's what i hope to say in our world you know we're the main character and everything revolves oh. around us but we're part of a much 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 greater story isn't that it's great a small to know. piece of the puzzle it is so great to know and you know what um i forget it every day and i live so much of my life just trying to be the hero of my own personal story and write my story for my comfort and my joy and uh you know one of the things that emerged out of the time we spent katie and i spent uh, with, this, with this Christian counseling couple is like the American dream makes us feel like if something's that we should have the pursuit of happiness, life and joy without a cross, without Christ, without, you know, somehow living out the American dream should bring you enough fulfillment. And that is just antithetical with the gospel that, you know, hey, it's not about us finding our own fulfillment, our own life apart from Christ. It's it's finding it in him and it's continually making sure that we're not at the center of the story that Jesus is. And and I'm, I'm just so grateful that he says that morning by morning, new mercies we see. And he not only says, hey, I'm going to give you mercy every day, but our role is every day, repent, pick up your cross and follow me. There seems to be a need to daily say, okay, I can't be at the center of the story. Mm -hmm. You know, Jesus has got to be. And, uh, I, I, you know, uh, Brooks, I'd love to be able to tell you that Oh, I'm, I'm I'm to the age Brooks where I don't have to worry about that anymore. I've I've realized, and it's like no, I gotta every day remind myself I'm not the hero of this story. And going back to what you said, kind of growing your faith makes you realize how messed up and broken you are. But and it kind of and it makes sense. You hear non-believers always say like, "I'm a good person. I'd follow the rules, follow the laws. I'm a good parent." 
and going into like our book with the reason for God, mm-hmm. Tim Keller talks about that. Like non-believers may be morally better than yeah. some than yeah. most Christians. They exactly. follow the rules better and are less broken in that yeah. in that sense. But that's not what it's about. You know, it's interesting because Christianity should make us better, but it doesn't necessarily always. That we're not going to be that. As, as Keller said, we're not necessarily morally better than some pagans mm-hmm. are, or non-believers. But I think what Christianity really does, I think this is important, is that it allows us to be honest. Because if I can be honest and say, you know what, I am a sinner and I need grace, um, I could say that knowing I have it in Christ Jesus, that it's okay. And if I don't know the reality that God will accept me or that I could be okay uh, with my own brokenness, I want to deny it. I don't Mm -hmm. ever want to show it. I don't ever, I want to avoid it, numb it, whatever I got to do. But the only thing that has power to allow us to look into the brokenness within and be okay is the gospel. Because we could look in and say, oh, there's ugliness here. But even despite the ugliness, God is delights in me. And he delights in me because of the work of his son. Um, and I, I think that when I talk about a King's Chapel, we want to be a safe place that celebrates God's grace. Because apart from God's grace, we have to hide. We have to pretend because none of us are good enough. You know, none of us are are truly okay. I mean, we could numb the pain. We could build a fortress around us with all that the world has to offer. But at the end of the day, um, we can only be okay in what Christ has done. King's Chapel is full of a bunch of sinners and broken it is, people. It is. <laughs> and that's I, a good thing. It is a good thing. I want to be even more sinners. <laughs> so we need more sinners. So, so if you're a sinner out there, come join us because uh, we got good news for you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. What what KC updates do we have for this you week? You know, um, hey, we had a great luncheon on Sunday. I love our KC family luncheon. And I think they're really... Uh, the, the next big thing we have is coming up in July, and that's uh, a couple of weeks. We're going to have our next, our KC family fun on the 4th. Uh, there we go. You know, Easy to say. Who rolls right off the tongue, doesn't he? Doesn't it? And so I uh, am excited about that, and uh, that will obviously, we, we thought it would be a good idea to do the KC family fun on the 4th on the 4th. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a Sunday. I thought that was funnier than that. You just said, uh-huh. I thought, I thought you were going to say, oh, good one. But uh, uh, And then shortly after that, we're going to have a, a cookout on Friday nights for the uh, the 30-something crew, especially with kids uh, uh, at the Chapman's house. And uh, some other fun days, we're going to try to plan some water days over the summer and some different things. So really, you know, the summer's here. Yep. Uh, the summer activities are here. Exactly. Time to so, barbecue and so, go in the pool. E- e- exactly. And, you know, a lot of people travel during the summer. So let me just encourage you. You can pick us up anytime, wherever you are. And for those of you who watch out of town, shout out Gracie, Jesse, Todd, Allison, others who <laughs> I know listen. Um, you'd always take us, with, take us with you wherever you go. And, you know, Venmo can kind of keep you supporting <laughs> us. So, uh Send your checks and money orders. Just kidding. So, um, yeah, so summer's here. And a lot of times in the church, uh, I've been doing this long enough to know that a lot of times you lose a little steam in the summer. Um, maybe it's just so hot and humid out. So let's not lose steam. Let's keep going, bro. So here we go. Well, exciting times at King's Chapel. Yeah, and I know I told you, hey, I'm not ready for reason of God. I know that uh, I was away, and although I have read this book before, for those of you who are just sitting on the edge of your chair saying, tell us about the next chapter. The next chapter is really important. Chapter four is the church is responsible for so much injustice. And it's true. Let's embrace that. 
But there's that reason to throw the church out or throw God out. Heavens no. So can we pick that up next week? And, uh, I'll allow it. Um, and then we'll jump in after that. Is the next the week after that is like, if God's a loving God, how there, can there be a hell and things like that? So we got some good stuff coming up with reason of God. Some really easy topics. To easy tackle. topics. <laughs> so are you doing okay, though? Doing great. You're liking doing your new golf clubs? Loving my new golf clubs. All right. And we're praying for your dad. If you're hearing this, pray for Robbie Robinson. What a Grandpa. godly... Yeah, I'm sorry, granddad. So, uh, yeah, that's weird. I call him dad. You know? <laughs> it's all right. Same that's, name. Yeah, that's right. Um, that, uh, you know, we're trying to get his heart beating in the right rhythm, top and bottom and all those things. And, oh, yeah. Fun stuff. Yeah. But you know what? When it comes to hearts, your, your granddad and your dad, they have some of the best hearts I know. Oh, yeah. They're awesome. They definitely do. It's a good trait in the Robinson family. <laughs> Love it. We'll see you guys Sunday. All right. Thanks for listening, y'all. Always room for you in the corner. Haven't said it in a long time. Yep. All right. See you. Bye.